I ain't gonna lie, bro. I have no idea that's on and where you were going with that. Can you invite uh, me, Dan? Yeah, I mean, flirting with disaster here. I mean, this is one of those, I mean, we talked about it in the offseason, but mm-hmm. we're at the point in time where this four and two thing might be a legitimate thing with it. And I, I mean, being one of the three that are competing in this other division, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's flirting with disaster, man. It really is. And we're going to, we're not going to talk about it this week. I wanted to save this for a real um, topic of discussion next week when we wrap up the, the first go at divisions and we get ready to start out of conference games, because I think that's when it's going to get very juicy potentially. Oh yeah. That's it, I mean, looking at some of the matchups coming ahead, there are some just big doozy opportunities mm-hmm. for teams to take advantage of. And I buy hell is coming up. Like everybody's going to be doing it's, bye weeks. By hell starts this week. Yeah, it does. So we're going to be depending on which team plays myself, Kevin, Stefan, maybe we have an outside shot, maybe, but we would have to get lucky with a couple of buys. It's going to be interesting. And I mean, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff already in this league. Um, some things we expect, some things we didn't expect. And this week is nothing or no different. You know, we've seen a couple trades go down, but then we've got some fun news to talk about. I mean, the the chase for the first overall pick remains exciting. Uh, we have some surprise team, including Kevin's team. Uh, and he's already made a move that we'll talk about, but it's interesting to kind of dissect his team and see where he should go from here. And then we'll jump into the matchups of the week and, you know, maybe some other stuff if we have time. Sound good, Dan? Let's go. It's just the two of us today. It's just the two of us. We're just a, a duo. There's no tripod tonight. Nick is tending to a plain nurse for his house. It sucks. Send you, send you all the love, bubs. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, but let's talk about some trades. Uh, the first one involved Adam and Steve getting together for a deal. And in this trade, uh, Adam received Rondale Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Donald Parham. And in return, Steve received McCole Hardman, Chris Evans, Charlie Jones, and a 2024 fourth round draft pick from Kevin. Dan, what are your thoughts on this? This deal? whole trade's a fucking dumpster fire. Like I, I, I just, I mean, Parham has done nothing. It, maybe he sees an uptick with, you know, no Mike Williams, but he definitely didn't last week as he had one target. Um, Darnell Mooney, nothing in weeks two and three. You have an off week where you play 75% of the snaps in week four, but you, you also play Denver. And Rondale Moore, you pray that – Kyler Murray comes back and comes back with a vengeance and he has relevancy, but that whole Joshua Dobbs offense right now, I I don't like it. And this is the guy that's getting the better part of the deal and I'm shitting all over it. I mean, you're yes. Steve shells more points with, with all these guys with the no names guys, Charlie Jones isn't going to play. Chris Evans is going to play Hardman's dead in the fire. And I mean, you get a fourth grade. That's the best asset. The fourth. Yeah, no shit, really. Um, I think this whole trade was a fucking dumpster fire. I don't know. I mean, Adam got stuff to give up literally nothing. So kudos to you, Adam. I, I both sides win because it's fucking awful for both of them. Yeah, I mean, Adam wins because he actually gets players that should be rostered definitively for yes. basically a fourth round pick. Um, and you know, Mooney, Moore, they're not amazing players by any means, but they're, they're gonna probably play you know in adam's lineup um because of how dire like the last few spots in his team has been this year 
So, I mean, that's, you know, there's upside there, I guess. Well, you don't, but is it better than starting like McCole Hardman? No. Again, you don't feel good about any of the pieces moved. You just don't. You don't, but I mean, I, okay, in a vacuum, I'd rather have Darnell Mooney or Rondell more than anyone that Adam gave away. I agree. 100,000%. Not discrediting that. Yeah. And for, for Steve, I mean, this is like, and we're going to go more in depth because we're going to talk over the first overall pictures. But, like, you know, battling, like, to be, like, the worst team, um, especially in a draft class that just has so much, you know, very top-heavy talent. So having the first overall pick, maybe having the second overall pick, like, we already see, like, massive tier gaps in this draft. So you want to position yourself. So, like, you got to then shell points. But then it's, like, you know, Darnell Mooney and Rondale Moore, you can't drop them. But also, who's going to trade for them? But, like, at the same time, they're capable of going off. I mean, Rondale Moore, not this past week, but the week before, went for, like, 20 points. Darnell Mooney is super capable of going off for, you know, 15-plus points. Um, as a deep ball guy in the Bears offense, if Fields can ever connect with him. Um, so you got to shed those points. And, like, unfortunately, this is, like, kind of the deal that you end up see- seeing happen because it's, like, the realistic outcome. Like, you might think that this combination deserves, like, a late second-round pick, but... It probably deserves a dumpster fire and a fourth round draft pick, pretty much. I don't know. This is a flaming bag of dog poo on a front doorstep. Yeah, the emojis on this trade reaction sum it up fairly well. Yes, sir. But, you know, Steve sheds points and, you know, we'll we'll talk about that uh, shortly. Yep. All right, let's talk about the trade that just went down uh, 20 minutes ago. So, and yes, that Kevin, involved... you made the pod. He made the pod, but, you know, I was slacking and we weren't doing it live so we couldn't have the the fun wackiness of you know yeah, me breaking catching with, this live. with with the noises uh-huh maybe, maybe we'll have another one kevin teased us but um all right let's talk about kevin and sam's deal in this trade kevin received deontay johnson and in return sam received a 2026 first round draft pick that is kevin's our second 2026 draft pick that's been moved i believe um Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? I, I'm I'm at a loss right now. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I guess I, I don't understand why Kevin's moving the pick for a guy that's on IR. <sighs> I, I, don't, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I mean, I know I give Kevin a lot of shit, but I just don't understand giving up a 2026 first-round draft pick. We're two years out from – or three – would it be two or three years? It's going to be three drafts. Yeah. So three drafts from now for a first for a guy that's done the rest of the year. Well, he's not done the rest of the year. Oh, he's on IR. Eight, what is yeah. it? Four, four weeks IR or is it eight? Four weeks. It's four, four weeks. weeks. So he can be back after their buy in week seven. Uh, he, they have a buy in week six. So then he'll be back week seven at the earliest. That's only three weeks. We're in week well, five this week. Yeah. So he's missed weeks two, three, four, and now five. Oh, I didn't realize that they were. he went back as far as that week. My bad. I thought no, he just went on IR. That was no, no, no. Good Daniel reading this go. All right. Anyways, um, I also hate this entire quarterback situation. Yeah, he spent a first round draft there. pick for for Kenny Pickett, who got injured last week. Mitchell came in and didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. I and it's it not seems even the like, top tier guy. Yeah, I mean, George Pickens was, plays there. Yeah. Well, I do think. I rather I, I do like Deontay Johnson more than George Pickens. I think Pickens is flashy, but Deontay Johnson Deontay Johnson is the more 
um, valuable, productive player. Um, you know, consistently been that, but we haven't seen him consistently do that because of what you mentioned with Kenny Pickett and the the frustrations in this offense. And, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen this year. Is it going to happen, you know, next year? I, I don't know. Like, he's kind of bound to this Pittsburgh offense for the foreseeable future. I believe he signed a extension that's he's locked in for two more years. And by that point, he's going to be pushing 30. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, Deontay Johnson just, he's he's someone that I think a lot of people like, rightfully so, because he usually gets a lot of targets. But, like, outside of, like, 2021, he hasn't turned those targets into anything productive. Um, and then for Kevin, I mean, first of all, I don't love, even though it's three years from now, moving your own first. We're going to talk about Kevin's team shortly, but, like, yeah, he's in first place. It's a little bit of a surprise. Um, well, definitely a surprise. But, like, you kind of, like, you know, sold off some people because you didn't have your first overall pick or your first pick, and you couldn't, like, reload your squad for the foreseeable future. But then, like, you get draft picks back in, when you sold off some players, but, like, you immediately move your first in 2026 instead of keeping that. Like, I feel like that's a valuable piece. Like, I don't think Kevin's done enough to like reload his team to feel content for the foreseeable future. So I like would rather have moved the first he had, like or the two first he has in this year in 2024 or the two first he has in 2025. I think moving your own first just gives you less leverage um, abilities to pivot and, you know, potentially rebuild if you need to. Um, So I, I don't love moving this pick in general. And then I also definitely don't love moving a first for, Deontay Johnson at this point. Okay, so I don't feel I, I'm glad my my initial what the fuck was a good what the fuck. And to your point, he's not even playing right now. Like, what was the the urgency for this one? So I don't love it. And then from Sam's perspective, he gave up a lot of picks to get Jalen Hurts, but now he he recoups a first round pick for a guy that, you know, even when healthy, is probably not cracking a starting lineup. You gotta like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a big, big W for Sam. This is and this and this gives him ammo. He might want to flip that. I mean, or he might sit on this. I mean, Kevin's team again. It's it's good right now. You know, he's competing in you know the the division that's sniffing glue. But like, this might not be sustainable. You know, a year from now we might be like, well, Kevin's got to rebuild, and then all of a sudden maybe this twenty twenty six pick is on pace to be like one a really two, one three. Yeah, a really freaking good pick. So this could you know be something that really gives Sam's team value that you know, is a team that looks like it has its core for, you know, the next couple of years to be a contender. So this could be a strong asset for him. Yep, I agree. Um, all right. Anything else in this trade before we move on to some other stuff? No, I think we're I think we're doing good. I got to play off baseball on next to me. Yelich just hit a double in the bottom of the ninth, but there's stuff out there. Oh. So, but playoff baseball is here too. Just side note, I like love football, but got to love playoff baseball. We're not recording during the Braves game. We probably wouldn't have you. So, yeah, so that's a good thing. No, we would have been out on that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so let's move on. Let's talk about, I mean, this has kind of been, I think, going into the year, I mean, really, actually, last May, we expected the runaway first overall pick, the guy that was going to have Caleb Williams, was going to be Steve. And through four weeks of the season, that is not the case. Zane is running away. He's got a 90, almost a 95 point lead on Steve for the first overall pick and potential points. And then to add insult to injury, 
Chris is only 10 points behind Steve at this point for the second overall pick. And just in case you're living under a rock, Caleb Williams is the clear top overall player right now in this upcoming draft class. He's going to be arguably, you know, viewed as like a top five, six, seven quarterback, which is absurd before he even plays it down. And then there's a there's a gap between that person and Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be viewed as like the third, fourth, fifth overall wide receiver in Dynasty. Both players are going to be probably first round startup picks in Dynasty leagues a year from now. Um, and after that, there's a chasm of gap between those two players. So the top two picks are very desirable right now. And Steve's flirting with dropping out of the to the third pick potentially. Um, now he made some moves. You know, he made he dumped some of the no names that you saw um, earlier in the trade that we discussed. But this is not going how we expected, Dan. How how are you viewing things right now? I mean, this is one of those tough ones where you know Steve's rookie over two weeks has put up 78 points. Like it's exciting yeah, to see, but you, but you fucking hate that. Yeah. It's, it's not fun, especially, I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like a quarterback or a tight end, but a running back, it's like, you can't even enjoy that because it's not something, I mean, running backs are just viewed in a negative light right now, which is unfortunate. Marvin Mims wide receiver 39 had a couple big playabilities for him touching the ball. Like, there's a lot of youth on this team that is stepping up early and that's really killing kind of Steve's ability to, to get there. Now, obviously the fact that we, again, we still don't have a starting quarterback on the roster, but some which of these role is absurd. Yeah. Which is absurd. He's doesn't have a starting quarterback. I mean, he's had like some guys play, but he doesn't, he hasn't had a consistent starting quarterback and he's still 94 points behind Zane. Yeah. I mean, he might have a starting quarterback this week with Kenny Pickett still being questionable. Yeah, so we're definitely. still there. So these these things are not working out in Steve's favor. And yet you, you hate seeing that. Like you did everything you can to say Caleb Williams is the guy that I want. And then guys perform and another guy who's also selling parts gets to players that just don't. Yeah. And I mean, Steve has five first round picks next year, which is awesome. But like he, I, he doesn't have a quarterback. So I feel like, you know, it's it, it would be almost catastrophic, I think, to miss out on Caleb Williams if you're. Steve at this point just because you know Zane has you know Kyler Murray Jordan Love I mean I think you would love to add Caleb Williams if you have the opportunity um you know Chris has CJ Stroud who's looked good um Bryce Young it's early we'll see um Jimmy Garoppolo but like he would definitely love to add Caleb Williams you think like those guys don't necessarily need Caleb Williams but like Caleb Williams I think is just going to be a talent that you just can't afford to pass on and Steve, like, desperately needs him. So, man, it's, like, where do you go from this point if you're all these guys? I mean, does Zane, sh- should Zane be trying to shed points? I mean, he's still got Josh Dobbs on his team. You know, he's got some other, um, you know, maybe not future pieces um, you know, going on his team. I mean, but he is a, the first overall pick right now. So, I don't know. Do you, do you jinx it? What do you do if you're Zane right now? I mean, is it is it? is it too much to think that you sit week to week and you capitalize again, we never wish injury upon any player in the NFL, but do you sit here and wait and capitalize on a team like Nick, like you, like Sam, you know, Armand that are trying to compete for this upper echelon of there and basically say, Oh shit. Conveniently enough. I have a backup for you. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because I mean, Josh Dobbs, obviously he's limited time frame. 
yeah, limited time frame. Like the Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray bomb is ticking. And outside of week one, I mean, Josh Dobbs has been solid, he's, you know, maybe even good. Nice. Um, so, I mean, you know, Adam, Adam should be all over this, especially with Kenny Pickett, you know, being Kenny Pickett. Um, buys coming up. Um, I think, you know, Adam is a very easy call. But then, yeah, you're right. I mean, do you do you risk it and just wait? But also, do you risk it and just still get like those points, like the the 15 plus points that Dobbs is giving you? And that's and that's where uh, for Zane, you really want Ky- uh, Kyler Murray to be back as soon as possible. That because that means you don't have to worry about it. Well, yeah, yeah you, you, he's, he's coming up. He's, a, he's a depreciating asset, though. It's yeah. the, that's the tough part. Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, obviously, let's switch gears to Steve. I mean, for Steve, I mean, do you have like, do you think he has to like sell more guys to like really position himself? Is it kind of a fluke what we're seeing from Zane above him? Do you think like the gap will be closed? Like if you're Steve, how do you view things right now? I think I think for Steve, you stay the course. It's um, a chain's been great. Dotson's looked really good. Musgraves has been a big piece in the Packers offense. Um, Not as big as I think people wanted him to be, but he's still going to be super consistent. Pickens, uh, obviously, Dalton Kincaid's been decent. Mims has had an unbelievable stretch with the limited amount that he has. But outside of that, there's nothing else here. There's nothing else. James Cook, you mentioned, has been solid. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot about James Cook. Um, But outside of that, I mean, he's got guys that can go off, but he's also got guys that could be lost in the wilderness, depending on their situation. And the fact that you're not potentially starting one fringe backup QB that could arguably go for negative points. Yep. I think you hold the course. I think that there's more talent on Zane's roster that'll pull in points right now than Mm -hmm. what is happening in Steve's roster. I still think Steve is going to finish with the number one overall pick. Okay. And then for Chris, I mean, uh, Chris is obviously a younger team um, that we're seeing some growing pains. Can he make it interesting at all? No, I think Chris is going to end up, I mean, the fact that you have Stroud and young Stroud's been great. The guy that I think is going to potentially be pretty good with his health. I mean, Damian Pierce, they've relied on him. He hasn't been super exciting the first two weeks, but he's had decent week three and okay week four. Um, but they got to rely on somebody and it can't just be CJ Shroud. So when, when you get guys like um, Nico Collins that catch the ball and go big, you have to pay attention to him a little bit more. And that's going to be, make Damian Pierce a little bit more exciting. Tyler, Agio, I don't think he still has fantasy relevancy. Jamar Chase is going to be good. Zay Flowers. I still don't understand why John Smith is an absolute thing in fucking Atlanta, but everything in Atlanta is a dumpster <laughs> fire. Um, there's just guys here that are going to be potentially stepping up. Roshan Johnson could potentially step up into the Bears' backfield. Kadarius Tony, somebody has to catch the ball out in fucking wide in Kansas City, and he showed week one that he didn't want to. But I think there's pieces on this roster that you could move from a starting perspective. I think MVS could be a, a oh shit trade. Um, Traylon Burks would be an interesting one to move off this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawson Knox, if you can find somebody for him, would be great. So I think there's some pieces that are on the bench that you can show some of these potential points on. Mm-hmm. But as far as guys up top, I don't know if I'm wanting to sell or move any of them. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, maybe Johnny Smith, if he continues to be a thing, you just want to cash out on him if someone's tight end desperate. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, Chris is probably not going to make the playoffs. I do agree that the younger talent is going to eventually step up, at least like 
that's why you drafted him or you have hopes for him. But um, I mean, potentially like missing out on like Marvin Harrison Jr. because you're rostering Janu Smith like that. That would sting like six months from now. Yep, that's a that's a tough one. But at the same point in time, which of this young talent do you move on from to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yeah, I mean it's it's a tough question, and I mean you know some maybe his hand needs to get forced. You know maybe Jamar Chase, you know, goes on IR for four weeks, and then all of a sudden it's like okay, this is really doable. Maybe I do move Damian Pierce, or maybe I do move you know Marquise Brown or Zay Flowers. I don't know, um, but it, it's an interesting question. I think the main reason I think Chris is an interesting team is Chris does not like Chris has his future first. But he does not have any additional draft capital. And this core that we're seeing right now, it's, you know, it's interesting, but it's not lighting the world on fire outside of like CJ Stroud and Jamar Chase. So like maybe you look at this and you're like, okay, like I like some of these guys, but like I don't think this core maybe is ready. So like maybe you were like, I need to get like a Marvin Harrison Jr. I need to put myself in position, even if you don't want Marvin Harrison Jr. or you don't want Caleb Williams per se depending on the teams and the order that they go, you want to be in position to draft them because you could trade the 1.1 or the 1.2 for an absurd amount of draft capital or absurd amount of players to put yourself into win now. So for Zane, for Steve, for Chris, I think it's something that you're failing if you're not going to put yourself in position in this type of draft to do that. And I think it's going to be interesting too, as the weeks progress, Mm -hmm. what the asking price is going to, fluctuate to like i right now i view this as it's it's a stock market these guys are are literally assets that as weeks go on potentially could have higher value and be overpaid on because a team that has an injury has a bad bye week needs to get through and at the same point in time like like we talked about uh josh dobbs i mean his stock is is falling potentially but right now it's still riding high. So where do you find this balancing act of selling assets versus acquiring assets and what their value is going to look like? In my opinion, and I'm probably wrong, but I think most re-tanking teams uh, miss the mark on that and get greedy. I think like there's a reason like Josh Dobbs is probably not desirable. Now, maybe he'll be the next Geno Smith. Maybe you'll like want to keep him, but like getting a second round for Josh Dobbs is probably unrealistic um even in the most wildly like specific scenarios you can create um but getting the third i think could be doable or should be Mm -hmm. doable so i think like you know tanking is something it's not fun but if you're going to do it you want to do it right and if you do it right you're going to get like these impact players that are going to you know you're just going to see the immediate return you're going to have jamar chase step in and just do his thing cj stroud you're going to have you know Anthony Richardson, you know, you're going to have these guys that come in and just do their thing for you and hopefully give you another like marquee piece that can kind of, you know, produce on a daily or weekly basis for your team. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the next couple of weeks with buys hitting, obviously we're playing football. So injuries do happen in in a violent sport. Yeah. It's we're going to have potentially some very spicy and juicy trade reviews that could be coming our way. I hope so. That better be. We live for the trades. We do. They're always fun. Um, but all right, let's move on and let's. I mean, is it fair to say that this is the surprise team we're going to talk about right now? Your favorite team. Yep. Yep. Let's go ahead and talk about them. Kevin's team. If the season ended, 
not only is he in the playoffs, not only is he ahead of you, Dan, but he is the first seed in the Justice League. He is he's tied with you for the best record. He has scored well, he hasn't scored the most points in the division. He trails Stefan by 0.28, but he's basically scored the most points in the division. You know, this isn't entirely a fluke per se with the results that we've seen. What does Kevin do right now? I, I, I mean, we just saw him buy Deontay Johnson, so I, I, it's fair to assume he's going for it and going to try to, you know, make the playoffs. Yeah, you're not wrong, and he's been riding this Puka Nakua train for everything. Puka's been fantastic, but unfortunately, well, here come Cooper Cup kicking the door and ready to go. Um, Sam Howell actually has been pretty spectacular with it. He's, I mean, he had a rough week against Buffalo, but everybody does. But he dropped 20 against Denver, which he should have. He did 19 on Philly. He's got the Bears this week, so that's a that's a very favorable matchup. Yeah, Khalil been very Herbert, solid. Yeah, Khalil Herbert has been good for the Bears. Um, he hasn't fully lost control of the range to to Roshan Johnson yet. Nope. Uh, Gabe Davis has scored a touchdown in three straight. So you love having part of that offense. Um, they've done just enough to, to be good enough to get by and good enough to get by in a league where, you know, you're trying to potentially rebuild, but at the end of the day, he doesn't own his first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He's got Jerry's who, who showed that he might be sending it down on the down South on that, but that could be pick six. And he's got Nick's who is going to be a last four pick potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got, one mid and one late. So you're going to get some kind of talent, but is that what you're going to be getting enough to make sure you're super contending? I mean, Kevin's in a very interesting spot. I do not envy. I mean, I'm kind of in that same place though, but it's, a well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's weird, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's different than you just because Kevin was not expected to contend. You know, he made moves to like move off, you know, from his team, you know, he moved Jonathan Taylor a few weeks ago. Um, his, you know, I think Kevin had was a little bit more optimistic on his team than some others, but I don't think he expected to be leading the division after four weeks. And I mean, with how the division's gone, and I think the question marks that your team has, Adam has, Stefan has, Chris is, you know, his team is not ready to take the leap. And obviously, you know, Steve is nowhere near this. So it's, it's like by process of elimination, like someone has to win the division. Someone has to get like the buy. And like if you get a buy in the fantasy playoffs, like you just got to win one game. One game. You, you got two tries, two tries to win one game and you you, you win money. Yep. Um, and, and who knows? You could even make it to the, the championship game, you know, if you win the week one and flukes happen in the playoffs. So like the fact that Kevin has like a realistic path to getting the, a buy in his division I I agree with them. I think buying makes sense. Yeah, it's going to be. The question becomes is what does he use to buy, though? Well, he's got two firsts. Yeah, he's got two firsts this year, two firsts next year. I mean, he definitely has pieces. Um, He's got several third round picks. He's got, you know, second in each of the next two drafts. Um, You know, when you look at like what he needs, I'm I'm assuming running back is a position that he's got to fill. Uh, ironically, after trading Taylor. Yeah, McKinnon and Herbert are not the way to do this. Yeah, I mean, Herbert's fine, but I think you definitely need another piece. And you maybe need another flex upgrade. You know, I don't know if Robert Woods is someone that you want to rely on after, 
you know, unfortunately, Mike Williams, you know, missing him, it stings. But um, the roster isn't that too far off, especially if, you know, Stafford and uh, Sam Howell can be steady eddies, like not burn him. And they're not superstars, but they could be, you know, solid and two above average. So, I mean, two 15 point weeks out of your quarterbacks is not a bad thing. It's not great. You'd like to see him anywhere between 19 to 24. But if you can be consistent out of them. Right. And when you look in your division, you don't need like, uh, unfortunately, like the two divisions are very, very different. And yeah, we've got like the rule for potentially four teams making the playoffs, depending on things breaking that right way. But like Kevin just has to worry about the Justice League. He does not care about the Avengers. He should not care about the Avengers. But if it's, you know, if it keeps breaking how it is and like Adam's team is disappointing, you know, your team has been, I think, disappointing slightly, Dan. Um, Stefan has had like maybe a little bit of bad luck. Um, I don't know. He. I don't fault Kevin for trying to go for it right now. No, I do not disagree. Do you think, you know, do we saw Adam make a trade? I mean, you can reveal what you want, but I mean, when you look at your team, Dan, when you look at Stefan's team, I mean, do you think like you guys need to make a move to reassert yourself in this division? Or does your performance thus far kind of indicate that, well, maybe my team isn't this good? Or what's kind of the mindset? I, I think I need to acquire. Um, I, I think I need to acquire a dynamic piece. Okay. Um, I don't think I need to break the bank for one. Okay. But I mean, Hopkins landing in Tennessee was a tough sled mm-hmm. with it. Um, Richardson seems to be doing exceptionally well. And obviously Pittman's doing well because of it. My tight end situation is not the best. And I mean, Brees Hall now not ha- having the quote unquote, <laughs> the the rain's taken off and we're going to run free. I, let's see what Brees Hall we get. Yeah. He's, he's, well, he's, he's going got, up against Denver. Yes. So. If you're going to start him and say, all right, Brees, let's see how it, let's see how it responds. Go have fun against the, the Broncos. Please, dear God, feast, 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 feast. But Cincinnati's offense been a dumpster fire. Joe Mixon hasn't played well. Um, Josh Allen is still doing Josh Allen things. So I, I'm, I need to get probably one, maybe two good pieces, like mm-hmm. solid, good pieces to to be good but i also don't need to break my bank in yeah. trying to get those because i do have all my first i've got multiple seconds in this upcoming draft um i still have a lot of my draft assets yeah so i do have the ability to move on from them should life get crazy for me yeah and i mean it, it's obviously early i mean only four weeks in the season but like do you think and even looping kevin in this like can you afford to wait? Like, do you need to like think about a move sooner than later just because of things being close right now and you don't want things to maybe the gap to widen or, you know, and we're not going to go too in depth on this now, if this crazy, you know, four teams making the playoffs and the Avengers division plays out, then all of a sudden we go from three spots to just two spots in the justice league. You know, that changes a lot of dynamic. I think a lot of it's going to depend on the matchup this week as I, as I do play Kevin. Yep. Like that's going to be kind of the indication as to where I see myself needing to go. And um, I obviously, I mean, when we look at weeks ahead, I do pick up a pretty tough six, seven, eight schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, even into week nine, where I do play the top echelon of teams on the well, other side. In fairness, everyone in the Justice League is going to have a tough schedule because 
unless you play Zane, there are no d- gimme games yep. that you're going to have in the when you're facing the Avengers. Yeah, as we so, can all attest in the Avengers division. So yeah, and I mean, I do we know which one of the the three or four of us gets to play Zane? So Zane made the playoffs last year, so it's going to be the three teams that made the playoffs in the Justice League, which would be Kevin, Adam, and Stefan. And then I believe Zane finished second in the division, so that means the team that finished fifth in the Justice League. So that wasn't me. So okay. that's going to be. Um, Chris, I believe. Yeah, which is, which in all fairness is fine, but it, it, it's going to be who's going to catch you on a bye week. And that's mm-hmm. going to be the tough sled. But I think at the current moment, I'm, I don't know if I've been full blown. I desperately need to buy, yeah. but it is 100% something that I am thinking about. Can Kevin mentioned, you know, more moves? I mean, could, do you think like that could trigger a, uh, a there could be a there could be a reactionary response depending on what I see happen, and I hope okay. that I don't react in some of those pieces. And this is uh-huh. one of those ones where I I'm also I, I know I'm not the easiest person to trade with, but yep. I'm also not going to overpay, like I have once already, um, for 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 an asset. Okay, like I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I get a fair trade. I know I'm gonna lose slightly, um, just because obviously getting the assets more important than the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. It's a, the, the matchup this week between me and Kevin is really going to help dictate where I need to be aggressive at. And do I have the ability to, to maybe hold and see what kind of happens as we get interdivisional and then buy. And that's where, again, does that run my price higher or do I get a, do I get a decent deal from a team that shouldn't be contending like that? Interesting looking. It's a, lot, it's, a, it's a lot of words. It's a lot of rambling. It's a lot of shaking the magic eight ball, but we've made it through the conversation. Yeah, no, it, it's a fair, I think, viewpoint that you have. Um, the, sometimes patience is a virtue. Yeah, and, and I mean, I imagine Adam and Stefan are thinking the same thing. It's, you know, are any of them going to sell or any of them going to buy? Are any of them in the position where they're going to be forced to be team three, potentially out two? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, we're not close to that. You know, there's still a lot of football to be played, but it will be interesting if it looks like make two teams potentially will be the ones that make the playoffs versus three. You know, how much does the dynamic shift because of that? Um, and then just to know. confirm, because I don't know if we talked about it. Should we be at a four and two piece? Mm-hmm. The bottom six draft picks, are they still going to be on potential points? Yeah, even, the though, 16, even though that the one. Okay. The six teams that missed the playoffs, it's sorted by potential points. So it could be, you know, in this case, I guess four teams in one division having picks one, two, three, four, and then, you know, five, six in the other division. Just wanted to make sure we, we hash that out and had it on a pod. Yeah, nope. It's always the teams that missed the playoffs. It's always by potential points. Uh, if there's the tiebreaker needed, it'll be, I mean, it's never going to be a tiebreaker needed. So. Nope. Um, all right. Anything else with Kevin's team or I guess just our kind of impromptu uh, talk on the Justice League before we move on? No, I mean, this it, this is good. You and I talked about it offline before that, but this is going to be a very fun matchup week for us. It is. You know, when you look at, you know, we'll talk about the matchups shortly. We're going to talk about some NFL news before we get there. But um, yeah, very interesting matchup week. Uh, not a lot of gimmies that we've seen in the past. I think, you know, four out of the six matchups are very, very uh, tough and you know will impact you know the playoffs directly uh, with yep. those results. I would agree. 
All right, but we've got, it was a light NFL um, news week, but I think uh, the biggest takeaway is returning players. We're seeing some big boys potentially coming back this week, if not in the very near future. Um, And I think the three biggest ones are Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, and Jamison Williams. Uh, Let's start with Cooper Cup. Uh, the, The Rams activated him from IR to return to practice. So that means that he has a 21 day window to practice with the team. And in that 21 days, the team will have to officially elevate him to the active roster. Um, and if they do that, obviously he's playing. So no guarantee the cup is going to be playing this week. Uh, it's a possibility, but we'll see. But uh, it likely indicates that he'll be back in the next three weeks at the bare minimum. Uh, Dan, let's just start off with Cooper Cup. I mean, what are your expectations or do you even have any for him at this point? I, I would say he comes back in and he, con- he continues to take over as a number one guy. I don't see any reason why Cooper Cup doesn't fit right back in this offense mm-hmm. and slate in to be the guy that Matthew Stafford wants to throw the ball at to day in and day out. So this is, I, I would say Matthew Stafford stays even just because Puka Nakua has been playing out of his ass yeah. with it. Um, Kyron Williams is still going to be a valid piece this, but I think you see Puka and Tutu um, take a down tick. Tyler Higby, I, I think takes a down tick. Um, but if you're a Stafford owner, this is great. If you're a Kyron Williams owner, it doesn't matter. Puka's going to take a downswing. And if you're a cup owner, this just gets better for you. Because I think he's going to step in and be the guy that he was when he, before he pulled the hammy. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I do think it's a little bit more of an uptick than status quo for Stafford. You know, okay. getting someone like Cooper Cup back. I mean, we've seen, you know, in the past, like this Rams offense, you know, with McVay. Obviously, Cooper Cup has been the staple. But we've seen, you know them operate with multiple high-level wide receivers. Um, Cooper Cup, I mean, obviously, Brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Like, usually multiple multiple wide receivers are relevant in this offense. And in this case with Puka, like, I think he'll definitely take a step back, but, like, I still think he'll be pretty desirable in fantasy. I mean, I don't think it's a fluke at this point what we're seeing from him. No, I, I, he's established the fact that he's a guy that can be reliable. And quarterbacks like guys that they can get the ball to, that they can be dynamic, create space, create separation, and above all, catch the goddamn ball. And yeah. and Nakua's done that. And he's set records being able to do it. So that's spectacular. But I think just the tried and true, the old yeah. vet, the, the 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 cowboy coming back, you know, after getting shot, he's still <laughs> the fucking – he's still the king of the castle. Yeah, and I mean – the one thing that'll be interesting to watch is like hamstring injuries. They can linger. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like, if, oh, shit. what it happened. We had it another happened. trade. We, we have a trade. We have oh. a trade. All right. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to, you got to read it off to me. Okay. All right. Or, so, so if you had to guess who was involved, who would you well, say? It's obviously Kevin. Kevin's one of them. Correct. So it's gotta be, it's a bottom feeder. I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah, it's got to be either probably the three teams that we talked about going for one dot one. Correct. So either Zane, Chris, or Steve. Correct. Um, I'll say Steve. It is Steve. Oh, okay. All right, let's hear it. Steve sends. Uh huh. James Cook. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. And a third round draft pick. Okay. Steve gets back a 2024 first round draft pick. Oh, who's first? Uh, it says I I don't have. It just says 2024 first round draft pick. I don't see who it belongs Nick's. to. Nick Bruce. Yeah. Okay. 
So a late first. So James Cook and a 25 third for for a late first round next year. You get to start. I get to read the trades. This is this is what the flip side mm-hmm. when they happen live. This shit gets fucking cool. That's that's interesting. I mean, my initial reaction, and this is obviously off the cuff because I'm, you know, it just happened live, so it's hard for me to digest it. I don't like it. I think uh, James Cook has definitely exceeded expectations in terms of what we've seen in this, you know, Buffalo offense. You know, I think the joke was obviously like the running back to own in Buffalo was Josh Allen. Um, But I mean, in fairness, I think James Cook has definitely come in and been a solid player. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's probably fair value. I just I'm not a huge James Cook guy, and that's probably me being biased. Um, But for Kevin, I mean, you needed obviously a running back. Um, James Cook is, you know, plays in a very explosive offense, you know, in this Buffalo Bills. So he's obviously going to, he's always going to be relevant. Um, so I don't know. I feel like as I'm talking about it more, I don't hate it. It seems fair overall. Um, Kevin gets the running back upgrade. You know, he doesn't have to rely on, um, you know, where he was at previously. James McKinnon. James McKinnon. You know, that's a Jarek McKinnon. Sorry. Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Not James Cook. Um, James Cook is obviously is a big upgrade. And for Steve, he goes to is that seven first round picks in next year's draft class? I, I did not have that stat prepared. I believe that's seven picks that Steve has now at this point, which is absolutely absurd. Um one, two, three, four, five. Oh wait, no, just six. Just six, my bad. Um six that's half that's half the round. That's half the round. Half the um, round he makes picks on. Yeah. So, I mean, and for Steve, I mean, obviously shed points. We just talked about, like, you know, what's at stake with, you know, Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. But I think specifically for Steve's team, he needs Caleb Williams. Um, and this, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get anything back, you know, that'll impact his team from a um, points perspective. So, yeah, it's it seems pretty rock solid for both teams. What are your I, thoughts? I agree. I think as you talk, talk through it, I was like, all right, James Cook, whatever. Like, that's kind of a, oh, no, wait. Yes. Upgrade for McKinnon. James Cook's only 24, too. He's first year guy. He's in his second year. Yeah. And like, that's, I mean, that's pretty spectacular. You get a 24 year running back, a guy that you could see yourself taking at the end of next year's draft, should he be in there and land in Buffalo. I don't hate it. I don't. I think this is, I think this is a big win for both teams. Again, another first-round draft pick for Steve to retool off all the bullshit that he's bought. Yep. And all droppable pieces, and you hope that the guys you draft step up, they perform, and yep. it's a it's a deeper draft than what we what we say with the landfall or the not the landfall but the the cliff after MHJ. Yeah. But I like it. I think it's a solid trade for both guys. Yeah. No, it's it makes complete sense, and. Um... Kevin still has draft picks. You know, he obviously moved one of his first that he has in 2024, uh, but he has another and he's still got multiple ones in 2025. So at this point, like Kevin's, you know, just when you think I'm out, they pull me back in. Like Kevin is definitely going for it. Um, So what's next? I mean, I I don't know, you know, just got, you know, per sources, he's hoping to pull off a third one. We'll see. But uh, Kevin's definitely 
going for it, which is I respect it. You know, with yeah. where's divisions at, why not? It's, well, and this is this the piece that pushes my hand in that direction? Well, I mean, it's yeah. I think for everyone, Adam, you, Stefan, Kevin, like getting to buy is very attainable. Like Kevin's team, yeah, is in first place right now, but it's not like he's lighting the world on fire, especially compared to other teams in this league. True. Like, why would you not try to put yourself in position for it? And you know, I think obviously you have to look at your team and you have to look at like what you're, you know, where you're hoping to be and what you hope your future to be. And you got to like weigh kind of that um, plus minus um, situation. So I, I totally get that. But also like making the playoffs, getting a freaking buy like that's that doesn't happen very often. And like this division, you know, for as much as an outsider, it looks ridiculous, like it's not your fault that you play in a crappy division. So you got to like seize the moment. So I respect Kevin for doing it. And I hope, you know, I, I hope we see you Stefan, or maybe even Adam try to finagle another deal. So, and I do have insider trading information. I, we, I do not believe there will be a third trade coming in here. Okay. It's been okay. communicated to me that um, there potentially will not be one. He wanted to, wanted to give us some more magic, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen tonight. Well, we'll see. Maybe next podcast. But uh, yeah, that's a big trade. I mean, I'd like it for both teams. I think it's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I think it's fair. Both teams accomplished what they needed to. So I, I'm here for it. Beautiful. All right. I have nothing else on the Cooper Cup front. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, let's switch gears. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, um, depending on where you read, it seems like there's a lot of conflicting stuff. Like Jonathan yep. Taylor still hates Indianapolis. Or Jonathan Taylor and the Colts are mending their relationship, and he's excited to get back with Anthony Richardson. Uh, one thing that seems clear is it seems that in the near future, Jonathan Taylor is going to be playing football, whether it's with the Colts or elsewhere, who knows? But it seems like it's going to happen. Um, Armand obviously has Jonathan Taylor. I mean, let's talk about his team. Like, what do we see even a huge difference? You know, Zach Moss has been okay. Um, is Jonathan Taylor going to be that much better than what he's gotten from Zach Moss at this point? I, I think Jonathan Taylor just makes any team better. Um, yeah. He's consistent. He's the bell cow. He's the guy you can rely on. The question becomes is, has Anthony Richardson and this Colts offense done enough to say, hey, Jonathan, you're just the missing piece for us to win this division and to give mm -hmm. us a shot at, a, at going into the playoffs and turning heads as a division winner and being good. And that, I mean, obviously Taylor wants to win football games. Everybody does. He wants and, to get paid. Well, that that also too. But Jonathan Taylor come come out here and give a decent playoff run for a for a for a team, and then go into free agency and see who's going to pay him. Yeah, With, I mean that's totally fair. I mean it's. it's but what if he pulls in year four and tears his Achilles? You run that risk, but at the same point in time, it's do you run the risk risk showing off that you need to be paid and you you're going full Jerry Maguire? Show me the money here. Yeah. Or do you do you pull Le'Veon Bell and say, nah, fuck you. You pay up before you get my talents. And the Colts have been decent through four games. Granted, you know, Minshew. The whole division is two and two. I know. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, like, they, they were picking fourth overall in the draft. They were not a good team last year. And, you know, playoffs are not out of the realm of possibilities with how weak this division has been. Um, and getting a guy like Jonathan Taylor, you would assume, would help them. Um, you know, when we pivot over to like the Colts, like offense as a whole, do you think this will change things for Richardson and just everyone else 
if they do get a guy back like Jonathan Taylor. Oh, he becomes the, a focal point. Yeah. He, like, he, he's the guy that you have to put the extra guy in the box and say, you know what, Rook? Go ahead and beat us. And that means Pittman, Alex Pierce, you know, Josh Downs, whoever the fuck, Mo Ali Cox, like, those guys, the guy, Andrew fucking Ogletree found the end zone the other day. Yeah. Um, This means Richardson can go out there and, and have this pressure taken off of him, and the offense can have a little bit more flow, creativity, you know, run play action. Like, Jonathan Taylor's going to attract bodies. And if you're going to say, who's going to beat me, Jonathan Taylor or Anthony Richardson? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Rook. Yeah, that's we'll, fair. We'll get beat by you all day. Oh, that, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, so you're a Richardson fan. I mean, obviously, are you excited about Jonathan Taylor coming back, or do you hope he gets traded? I I would like him to come back to the Colts. It's okay. a big asset. It's a yes. That means he's going to be the focus. He's going to get first and second down carries. It could cut mm-hmm. down Richardson's opportunities. But again, that's where the run play action becomes good here. And if Jonathan Taylor's going to acquire those pieces, Michael Pittman, I think, is a good enough receiver that he can go off. I don't like the depth that they have in Pierce Downs and Rogers, but I think this means I, obviously I have the stack in Richardson and Pittman. I think Jonathan Taylor back in his offense makes those two guys that much better. Even with okay. the fact that they might not be touching the ball as often. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a fair point that the defenses might shift to more stacking the box and taking away arguably the best player on that offense. So that would be a fair assumption. And I mean, obviously, you know, Richardson has rushing ability. Mm-hmm. Did we bring the option back in here? If they read it right. I mean, that Jonathan Taylor, I think just makes any offense and the pieces around him that much better. Hard to argue with that. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the league. Um, all right. Anything else with Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, nope. before we move on at this point? Nope. All right. Uh, last guy coming back, they, Jameson Williams. He was suspended for gambling for, I believe it was six games initially, but they reduced to four games. So that means he is back this week. Uh, what does that do for, I mean, what are your expectations for Jameson Williams? Uh, the famous mystery boxer boat guy. I think he steps up and he steps in as wide receiver two in this offense. I mean, you call him one B uh-huh. maybe Amon Ra has been spectacular. He's had consistent, amazing weeks being this team's top tier guy. Jamison Williams is supposed to step in and be that guy for this offense too. And giving Jared Goff these additional pieces, I think is fantastic. Uh, Josh Reynolds, I believe is on the injury bug now mm-hmm. with it. So this is the perfect week for, for Jameson Williams to step in and say, nah, like we're good over here, boys. I'm going to go ahead and step up and do my thing. And I think this is an uptick for Jared Goff. I think this is, this maybe hurts Sam Laporta a little bit. Okay. Um, but that tight end is always a unique position with some of the routes that they run. Um, but this just makes Monty and Gibbs kind of a little bit less than what it is because Jared Goff can go out and he's been very decent. Very, very decent all year. He hasn't been, he hasn't flashed crazy. No, but he's QB 14. He's got upside. Yeah, I I think this is an uptick for Jared Goff with the talent he gets in Jamison Williams. If I'm saying this is a great piece that you acquired for me in the offseason, you hate that you're trying to shed points, but you want to see him come back and be relevant, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. You want <laughs> Jameson Williams to come in and be relevant. Um, he was drafted in a stack wide receiver class. I mean, he dominated in college for Alabama. Um, 
you know, before his ACL injury in the playoff game. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely going to help the offense. I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm just curious, you know, is Jamison Williams going to get back to the guy that we saw at Alabama, like the electric, you know, deep threat player? Um, and I think that's something that this offense is definitely lacking right now uh, for the Lions. So I think there is definitely an opportunity for him to come in and produce um, immediately. Um, and yeah, I think Josh Reynolds is definitely the guy that probably takes the immediate step back. And Josh Reynolds, I mean, he's been pretty freaking solid, like to start the season. Um, you know, he had the injury bug, I think, and it was week three. But I mean, but he had, you know, a 20 point game. You know, he's got like the the boom potential. Um, Jared Goff is capable of doing that with this offense. So I'm excited to see it. I just, you know, we haven't seen him healthy. You know, he tore his ACL in college and started the year with the ACL injury and then came back and was kind of playing catch up. And then this year with the whole gambling thing, he didn't get like the preseason, you know, or the full kind of go in the offseason with that. So I'm just excited to see him out there. I don't really have any huge expectations for him, though. Yeah, I mean, Iverson said it back or said it best. We talking about practice, not a game, but practice. And if this guy is the baller that we think he is, he's going to step right in without looking like he's missed a beat and give Jared Goff every opportunity to be successful. And I, I mean, as a Bears fan, you hate saying it, but I'm a big fucking Dan Campbell guy. Like I love, <laughs> like hard knocks with him last year were fucking electric. Mm-hmm. He had me wanting to run through walls. Like I couldn't watch it late at night because I get, to get so fucking jacked up. I love Dan Campbell. Fucking great, great motivational guy. Yeah, I could see Dan Campbell and Dan enjoying some Tito's. Oh, talking about Dan Campbell and I would have some fun. <laughs> All like, right. I, like outside of Rob Gronkowski, Dan Campbell probably tops part of my list of guys that I want to fucking hang out with. Okay. The, the Dan want to hang around with list. We'll have to save that for a future podcast topic. You'll have to oh, think yeah. about your four guys, like, you know, that you'll invite to your, you know, to come into your, your Tahoe and, you know, cruise the town together with. I, I look at it as if I could play golf uh-huh. with three guys with an unlimited amount of, of booze yeah john daly dan campbell and rob gronkowski interesting list okay i respect it i think that would be a fucking absolute shit show of an experience and so much fun i would i would pay to watch that oh my god that would be oh yeah what's your loser loser punishment well you got to go kill your liver with these three with these three big guys loser dies from alcohol poisoning poisoning, 100 (laughs) percent all right um anything else on jameson williams uh and just these three returning players that may or may not influence the the fantasy season well it might not be this week i mean like we've got essentially the next two to three weeks jameson williams i think is going to play this week um i do not think cup or taylor go I, I think maybe week six is where we're going to see Cooper Cup really kind of give it a go. And then okay. Jonathan Taylor is going to be kind of the, the last piece to fall, I think. And I guess with uh, Jonathan Taylor, at this point, do you think he stays with the Colts or is he traded? I, I think he stays with the Colts. I think if the Colts go out and win this week, okay. I think I think if they win, win this week, win next week, Jonathan Taylor stays. They lose either of those games. I go to 50-50. They lose both. I think this is a week seven gone. Doesn't play week five, doesn't play week six. Week seven is the first week we will see Jonathan Taylor. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I'm holding you to it. All right. Let's talk about the week five matchups. Uh, We've got two inconsequential games 
and then four doozies, if I may say so myself. Do you have handy how we picked last week or no? I do. So last week, you and I went three and three, and Nick went two and four. It was not it was not a great picking week. Uh, for the season, Dan, this puts you at 19 and five, leading us all. Uh, I'm at 18 and six, and Nick is considerably behind at 14 and 10. This is the week, though, where I think we could potentially see some shifts and um, discrepancies amongst our pickums. I agree with that. And I've got my picks written down, so I will not be copying you. So and we'll see. I, yep. Nope. I go first as it typically is. And yep. and Ruth will probably get us his picks before he listens to this. So. Yep. For sure. So let's. All right. Well, we'll start with the, the games that don't matter. Zane is taking on Nick Ruth. Uh, the question is, does he, how much does he outscore him by? Because we're all taking Nick Ruth. 70. I believe Nick does have a lot of buys this week, though. So I, it might be closer than you think. Who does he have on by? Um, he's got Herbert on by, which kind of sucks. Chubb's dead. Kenneth, Kenneth Walker's Walker. on by. Oh, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Okay, maybe not 70, maybe 40. Okay. Because I think 30 points between Evans and, and Allen right there are the difference. I agree with that. Um, all right, let's talk about, I mean, neither of these teams are going far, but Steve and Chris are taking each other. Uh, a battle of two of mediocrity. Who do you see prevailing this week? One team starting no QBs and another team is starting two rookie QBs. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Devin Chain is on the side that is not starting a quarterback. And depending on how this Miami offense rolls, and he can put up 51 points, he put up 27 against fucking Buffalo. They've got a vulnerable Giants game. I Mm -hmm. still don't think it's enough. I'm going to take Chris. I'm going to go with Chris as well for many of the reasons you just said. All right, now we get to the meat and potatoes of the crazy shit. We do. So let's start with my game. I'm taking on Jerry this week. Uh, you know, the Avengers division is tough as nails. The top five teams are doozies, and anytime that they play each other, we're going to see fireworks. Uh, Dan, how? what's your breakdown when you look at this matchup? Lamar's got a juicy matchup. Fields needs to step up and have a good game Thursday night against Washington. I think that's really going to set this piece to it. Rumors are is that Everflus is gone if the Bears suck. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of me deep down kind of really wants them to blow this, but um, <laughs> we'll kind of see what happens. Um, but I think the other piece is Brock Purdy's going up against Dallas. And Dallas has the best defense on the face of the planet, but it's offset by Brandon Ayuk on the other side. Wilson gets the Jets, so that's a that's a small uptick here. But I think where I really, really look at this is the wide receiver side with Olave, Ridley, Devontae on yeah. one with St. Brown, who's, who I think is going to play, Waddle, who had a bad week last week. And then you look at the fact that we're starting Calvin Austin, the third. Yeah. That's the piece that I think kills me on this, and that's where I'm going to take you. I think yeah. it's close. I think it's maybe a 10, 15 point game, but I think you just have the better matchups and Brock Purdy's got to throw the ball against Dallas. And I don't like that. Yeah. That's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be an amazing life. game to watch. Yeah. But no, I agree. I mean, I think I just have a little bit more firepower than chair this week uh, due to some, you know, buys, injuries, uh, some bad luck. Uh, it looks like, He's down, or excuse me, DK Metcalf, which isn't great. And Pat Freermuth is out. Um, So, yeah. So, I'm going to go with myself. Um, We're three for three. Same team so far. 
just how it all works. We typically, this is how we do things like this is when these close weeks happen, mm-hmm. we pick, we usually pick very similar, which is, I mean, that could just be the fact that we've been friends for fucking umpteen fucking years. I think we're going to have some differences though for these last ones. Okay. So let's jump in. Let's talk about your game versus Kevin. Yeah, let's talk. Doozy. Do you want to start with this or do you... No, go ahead, please. All right. So let's talk about, obviously, the quarterback matchup for starters. Uh, Josh Allen is going up against Jacksonville. Anthony Richardson is going up against Titans, which right off the bat, you're like, wow, that is really freaking good matchups. But, but... then you see Sam Howell is going up against, up against the Bears, which that's like a gimme for a lot of points. Matt Stafford against Philly, that'll be tough, but I feel like they've been a little bit susceptible to uh, the passing game. So I give the slight edge to your team, but it's close. Uh, when we look at running backs, you've got Alexander Madison against the Chiefs, Miles Sanders against the Lions, and Brees Hall against Denver, which is, you know, Brees Hall's juicy as heck in that matchup, if he truly is, you know, unleashed and has no carry limit at this point. You know, that's something to monitor. Uh, for Kevin, James Cook against the Jags. Khalil Herbert against Washington. Um, those, I mean, you definitely lean to your side, I think, for running backs as well. Um, you know, Brees Hall is obviously the X factor. You know, is he truly getting unleashed? You know, we'll see. I think uh, the one question I have for you, uh, just right off the bat, is Joe Mixon. Oh, wait, no, Joe Mixon is in the lineup. I missed yeah, him. I was like, start, yeah, why is he not right starting? Yeah, he's going up against the Cardinals. That's another strong matchup. So I definitely like your running back situation right now uh, compared to Kevin's. Uh, when we switch to wide receivers, you got DeAndre Hopkins against the Colts, Pittman against the Titans, Tutu Atwell against the Eagles. Uh, Kevin has DJ Moore against the Commanders, Gabe Davidson against the Jags, uh, Robert Woods against the Falcons, Puka Nakua against the Eagles. Um, feels like a push for that one. I mean, that obviously the Colts-Titans uh, game is going to be very huge for you. You know, do we see a shootout or do we see an ugly game? Uh, because I think there's capabilities for these defenses to give up a lot of big plays. But, you know, when two rivals get together, there's never, you know, there can be a lot of uncertainty to how that plays out. Um, but for Kevin, you know, DJ Moore has, you know, was awesome last week. You know, Gabe Davis has been surprisingly consistent. Um, and Puka Nakua is the story of the NFL right now. So I I lean Kevin's wide receivers just because I think they have a bit more upside, um, but it's, it's close. And then, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just, I, we both have a stack play with yeah. Richardson and Pittman. And then obviously with Stafford and Puka. So both guys are, both of us are banking on those guys hooking up. Yeah. Big time. Um, and then when we switch over to tight ends, you got Tyler Higby against the Eagles Kevin is going with Evan Ingram against the Buffalo Bills. And he's also starting Jake Ferguson uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. <sighs> Man, uh, before I make the pick, you know, do you want to chime in with any just general thoughts uh, on your team or Kevin's team? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm floating back. The Atwell piece for me is is curious. I don't think Cup plays. So I think mm-hmm. Atwell still maintains a little bit of relevancy, and I hope he eats into Puka's shares. Yep. But I also look through and say, well, I do have Wandale against Miami. Or I have Lazard against Denver. And it's it's if you truly believe that that we're gonna the reins are off, he can run to his fullest extent. This is the way I go. Lazard's not gonna be the play for me. Because I want him to go off. But Wandale Robinson is 
someone that I am very much considering mm-hmm. potentially putting in just because Daniel Jones needs a number one target and Wandale has to be that guy for him. So that's where I sit kind of with my pieces. I think at the end of the day, though, I yeah. think my I think my quarterbacks, my running backs with with their situations can make up what the wide receiver piece has on me and the tight end position. I'm going to take me. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with for both teams. I don't think there's any differences I would make for the starting lineup unless we see some surprise injury news. Yeah. I think these are the lineups that they should be. Um, I agree with everything that you said, Dan. I think you, you know, your team, your quarterbacks, your, wide, your running backs, it makes sense. I pick Kevin just in the upset. I think because it's funny, because it's you know, <laughs> Kevin versus you. It's called I also just I also just think, you know, Kevin's team has consistently so far this year beat expectations. And well, I mean, let's talk about the fact that James Cook is now added to this lineup. Yeah. And James Cook gets thrown in. You know, that's a huge upgrade. But I mean, even like, you know, Gabe Davis is projected to score eight points per sleeper but he's been outside of week one i mean he's been great um so i don't know i it's again it's you know he gets two play points maybe. every time he catches the catches the, the touchdown pass from allen two extra points <laughs> but yeah call the content play i don't know just a gut feeling i think kevin much too, i mean it's your worst nightmare but i think kevin's gonna get the dub all right i guess we'll see what happens all right we're different for one pick at least yep. uh let's move on stefan and adam um again this is you know in the grand scheme of things these teams don't look amazing compared to the other division but like this is a huge matchup you know for playoff positioning and jacking uh how do you see this one playing out between adam and stefan so i think the one thing for adam's team that really sucks right off the bat somebody please let Jameis winston go out in new orleans and throw the goddamn ball (laughs) <laughs> like that, it, that has to be the thing. We can't be sitting here playing this Derek Carr bullshit situation. And if I'm Adam, that's the piece that I want to have go. Like I need him to to be let go. Obviously, he's got Mahomes. Cousins has a good matchup against Kansas City. Dak's got a tough sled. Um, we're starting Matt Breida. I don't know. Does that change? Does he have? He's not starting Matt Breida. Check again, dude. Really? Yeah, he's starting Matt Breida. Austin Eckler's out on a bye. He that he's starting Matt Breida, dude. Oh, whoops! I thought for Stefan's team, I'm out of it. Whoops. No, no, that's on Adam's side. That's the, to me. That's the tough. Yeah, he has to start Breida. I, I yeah. don't disagree with that choice. Um, Monty had a great week. What Nico are we gonna see? What Jordan Addison are we going to see? These are two young guys that have found their ways. Obviously, is the, the Cousins Addison stack. So you want the time and attention there. Yeah. Um, Monday night, he's got Jacoby Myers. AJ Dillon can't be trusted. Charbonnet is on a bye. Allen Robinson can't be trusted. I mean, there's some interesting, interesting pieces here. And obviously, we're not 100% sure where Kenny Pickett stands. Yeah. Um, I believe all indications are that he's going to be good to go. Yep. But um, you have to pray if you're fucking Adam that he's good to go to to win this matchup. You have Mahomes, and it's hard to bet against arguably the most talented player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But this is where tight end matchups go to die. An underwhelming George Kittle versus an underwhelming Dallas Goddard. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. Um, no, I'll let you take over from there, but I think I've said yeah, I mean, my I think... fair share to it. 
Yeah, for Stefan's team, there's really no differences I would make when I look at the starting lineup. For for Adams, I mean, the one that sticks out to me, and I think maybe you monitor it, is is Jamison Williams going to play this week? If he doesn't, I think Josh Reynolds is intriguing. I would probably lean him over Darnell Mooney. Uh, but Mooney's going Thursday night, so you don't get that luxury of, you know, waiting, which is unfortunate. But in a vacuum, if Jamison Williams out, I think you got to keep Re- Josh Reynolds in your lineup. Um, with that said, I mean, Adam's team is just, it's stars and scrubs. Um, it is. And, you know, the question really is, it, it really isn't, you know, what does Mahomes, Harris, Jefferson, Diggs, Kittle do? Because the expectation is they're going to do their thing. It's, you know, does Dalton Schultz have a surprise 17-point game? You know, does Darnell Mooney have a surprise 14-point game? Does Kenny Pickett, you know, exceed expectations? You know, those guys that are bottom of the barrel, like, do they surprise and produce for Adam's team? Um, he's favored, but I don't feel great. And I think that's just because I'm I'm skeptical to begin with of the, the lack of depth that Adam has. So I'm going to go with Stefan this week. I also have Stefan with this. I think this the the Michael Wilson piece putting up 26 points last week with Josh Dobbs mm-hmm. has really kind of emerged as this, as this flyer of a rookie in here. And if Dobbs is starting this week, which he is, you feel good. I think Dallas Goddard has a better matchup against the Rams than George Kittle does to score some points. Um, the Dak piece does concern me, but I'll take Dak against San Francisco versus Kenny Pickett against Baltimore all day. I will take Stefan. Fair enough. All right. Um, I mean, in a week that has a lot of juicy matchups, I feel like this is maybe the matchup of the week. Uh, right now, the season ended. This is the third and fourth place team in the Avengers division. A lot of games to be played, so I'm not penciling that in. But Sam, your defending champ, is taking on Armand. Dan, how do you see this matchup playing out? I mean, Joey Burrow. Joey fucking Burrow. QB 31 through four weeks. How many QBs are there in the NFL? 32. It's not great. It's not ideal. And I think this is, I don't, I don't think there's cause for concern. Yeah. But there has to be some kind of like hot around the collar moments where you're, where you're feeling good. But then you get down and you see the fact that, well, I take that back. I have the number one player in fantasy football and his name is Christian McCaffrey. It's a pretty good advantage to have. Yep. Yep. Jonathan Taylor is not playing this week, so I think Armand's got to immediately get that replaced in his lineup. And I think Zach Moss, obviously, is the guy that's, that's there. So you hope you have a decent week out of him. Um, Alvin Kamara obviously came back last week, had an amazing week against Tampa Bay. He gets New England this week where Matthew Judon is not going to be on the on the field. Um, DeAndre Swift has stepped up and really, thank God, finally realized that this is not the Kenneth Gainwell show that it needs to be there. And scary Terry's been very good over the last couple weeks. So you'd like to see the resurgence in him. Um, and I think, you know, the same thing with Johan Dotson, that's on a different roster, but Hawk's going to be better than Hunter Henry's going to be. He's got a lot of investment in this Eagles offense and they do play the Rams and Aaron Donald lines up on the other side of that ball. CD lamb going against San Francisco is a tough sled. ETN against the Buffalo front is going to be a tough sled. Um, Kyron Williams is um, projected to go, but obviously dealing with a little bit of an injury. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk is a boomer bust guy. He's either going to see 1.9 points or he's going to see some middle pieces, and I think that just depends on which Trevor Lawrence we see. But then there's this guy called Tyreek Hill on the other side. 
And yes, yeah. I go ahead and give the shit there. Um, but I mean, he's wide receiver three. Pretty good. Pretty fucking good. Um, that's yeah. Go ahead. I'll let you chime in here. Is yeah. I mean, I think up. when I look at like the lineups, obviously, and, you know, changes and things up for the debate. I mean, for Sam's team, it seems pretty cut and dry. Um, even though Joey Burrow has been disappointing, you know, Geno Smith's on a buy. There's really nothing else you can consider there. Um, Amari Cooper's on a buy. Um, you know, you're not starting Zeke against New Orleans. Like this lineup for Sam makes sense. Uh, for Armand's team, I think the only thing that sticks out as, you know, worthwhile consideration is that tight end. He's obviously going with Hunter Henry over Darren Waller. And hey, with how disappointing and mediocre this Giants offense has been outside of one half of football, I get it. But at the same time, I mean, you know, Waller has that potential. I mean, you feel like this Giants offense eventually is going to do something. Um, and who knows, against Miami, I mean, this might be, you know, either playing a catch-up and passing a lot and very pass-happy, or maybe it's just a high-scoring affair. I don't know. But um, I, I feel like I would start Darren Waller over Hunter Henry, but I understand, I guess, the hesitation. Um, so, yeah, that's really all I have to add. I mean, I think, you know, uh, on paper, you know, Sam's team is better. But we've seen, you know, Armand's team, you know, we talk about guys beating expectations. I mean, Kyron Williams has been, I mean, this isn't like understating it, like a fantasy superstar thus far. But he's getting a lot of touchdowns, and those can be a little fluky, you know, we'll, if, but that could continue. You know, Tyreek Hill has been a superstar. Raheem Mostart has been a superstar. You know, Tua Tagovailoa has been, it seems like every other week, he's going to go off and you know, surprise, he did not go off last week. So maybe this week we're going to see him and Tyreek Hill just explode to fantasy relevance. Um, Let me ask you this question real quick. Yeah. Does Tank Dell in his matchup in Atlanta give you any indication of CJ Shroud's going to abuse this Atlanta defense? And is yeah. Tank Dell a fringe starter over a guy like Cortland Sutton? Yeah, I think Tank Dell and I think even Curtis Samuel against the Bears over Cortland Sutton. I think they're all in the same tier. Um, Sutton going up against the Jets. I mean, that's that's not that's a, a fun that's a tough sled. No, that's a tough sled. So I mean, I definitely think going either Samuel or Dell. But Atlanta's actually been sneaky this year yeah. um, defensively. So I don't know Curtis Samuel. I mean, it's a dice roll. It's Thursday night, which I know neither of us are a huge fan of it. But it's against the Bears, um, and they're pretty easy to score on, and they're missing, like, all their secondary. So maybe Curtis Samuel is the option I would go with. But I, I think they're all right around the same area. So pick your poison. Yep. The one thing to remember, too, is we Jacksonville's been living in fucking London for a week now. <laughs> yes. Buffalo's yep. just getting in. So this ETN, Kirk could be pretty dynamic as they've i i mean if i'm jacksonville i'm not fucking moving my guys they're staying in fucking london for the entire week they yeah on the same sure. time frame keep everything rolling they adjust they get there um so that those two guys coming in could christian kirk could go off and so could travis Etienne against a buffalo bills team that's still trying to get uh accustomed to that area yeah i, I completely buy that um With anything that else? Being said i would yep. say you want me to pick yeah go for it sam yeah, I'm going to go with Sam as well. I, I think the discrepancy, you know, over 22 points is a bit much. Um, I think Armand's team is one that we've seen just consistently beating the projections. And I think that'll continue this week. But uh, I think Sam's team just has 
too much star power, too much, you know, just consistent producers. Um, he's got Christian McCaffrey. So that's, see, and that's, like, and I guess I look at it as I, I would say if I took Burrow and McCaffrey's values and switched them, I think Burrow's going to have a monster week in Arizona, and I think Dallas is going to be able to stifle Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. But McCaffrey, I still think it's going to get mid-teens, but I think Joey Burrow goes off here. All right. Well, I'm sure that would be a welcome sight for Sam to get Joey Burrow out of the the 31 position uh, for quarterbacks after this week, maybe. I would agree. All right. Anything else uh, before we wrap up this week's podcast, Dan? No. Another beautiful week. I mean, we're four weeks in. This is where we're seeing kind of the beginning of the upper echelon and the bottom echelon. And I think we, for one team, the upper echelon is stacked. And on the other side, the bottom echelon is stacked. And I think we're going to see some very fun trades coming up here in the next week or two. Um, obviously, Kevin, you got both of them in here. Um, so kudos that that's where we're going. But yeah, that I, is... I have a feeling Kevin's going to make some more trades when all is said and done. And I think that puts the pressure on myself, uh, Stefan and uh, Adam. Chris, Adam, sorry, Adam, to uh, to really kind of step up and do it from there, too. I agree. All right. Well. Until next week, gentlemen, uh, thanks for joining in and have a safe fantasy football week. Peace.